Yeah, but yeah, the, yeah, they they pushing it to the max. They're not really thinking about the the you know customer service or patient satisfactory. Yeah, that's terrible. Very. Anyway, what what, what about for you? What, what's going on on your end? Um, nothing much. Still getting acclimated to work. Um like slowly getting assignments and things that are mine to to champion um which i like i mean my last job the multiple roles that i was in at my last job everything was like oh, okay um here's 20 projects or 20 clients or you know have at it i'm like it's it's day 2 like i don't know what I'm doing and it's just like oh you'll figure it out I think a lot of um companies just once they get someone they want to get you doing your job so quickly I'm like I we don't know how to do our job yet so how are you just giving me full responsibility for this and then like my last role it was like all of my projects or all of the projects I was working on were over budget behind schedule and I'm like, so what am I supposed to do with this? Like, <laughs> what is your expectation here? We are a hundred thousand over budget, two weeks behind. Like, what, 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 what is the expectation? Like, what do you want me to do? And like, figure it out. Oh, okay. Just, just don't lose our money, basically. Yeah, you all have been losing your money because you're already <laughs> over budget. So don't try and blame it on me, but they will. Like that is exactly what they will do. And actually one of my former coworkers, everyone thought that he was my boss. He wasn't. We just worked very close with his team. And he was in the office more than my actual boss was. Well, my boss was never in the office. And then like my boss's boss, he was rarely in the office as well. So everyone thought I worked for him. And I was like, no, we just work really closely with his team because we do the projects and they do the accounting for the projects. Um, and he reached out to me on LinkedIn and he was like, he wanted to catch up with me and a number of my former coworkers who became friends, they're like, they might be trying to get you back. And I'm just like, <laughs> it's not going to happen, mm-hmm. but I'll entertain the conversation. We're supposed to talk tomorrow afternoon. Interesting. I guess they won't be so bad. They uh, I don't know what was I about to say. This is this is this is at the new place, right? This is my old place that's oh, now like place. calling me. Yeah, and it was like he was actually he was a really nice guy. Like even though he wasn't my manager, again because our jobs were so intertwined. Like we're doing the construction, we're running the project, but they're doing the accounting for it. So of course we had a very intense working relationship with them. And so there were things that I wouldn't understand or things that I wanted to understand better. So I would I would go to him and he was always super helpful. And when I would get a better grasp of things, like I would ask him, well, have you all considered doing it this way? Maybe this way would be more effective or more efficient. And he was always really open to things like that. So, and then he was always 
like I was talking about moving and he kept on like telling me, oh, well, maybe you should look over here. Like, he was honestly a nice person who genuinely seemed interested in me excelling professionally. And then he helped me out with a couple of things personally. So that's why a part of me is like, maybe he is just reaching out to me to check up on me. But another part has been like, it's been a year plus since I've last been at this company. Well, no, it's it's been less than a year because I officially got terminated in October. But, you know, it's been the last time I saw him was March 13th, 2020. So I'm like, why are you reaching out now? So a part of me is like, yeah, trying to get me back seems to be the only thing to make sense because <laughs> I just don't see him suddenly being interested in me personally after a year. That's strange. Yeah, you might be right. You because everyone right. who I cared about from that job, like I've already spoken to them. Like I've kept in contact, I've kept in constant contact with them this whole time. I didn't just, there's no one who is like, oh shoot, I really wonder how such and such is doing. Let me hit them up for the very first time. No. <laughs> would you would you would you go back if you could oh absolutely not i will never go back like me and a for we both used to work at the same company she left in she left right before covid um she left valentine's day valentine's day was her last day and she went to what is now our new company so she was the first one who went and then she was like i love it here like you need to like, I think you'd be good here because we just felt the same way about a lot of things with our old company. And so when she jumped ship and she went there and then she started liking it so much, she understood that if she likes it, I would probably like it too. Mm. And then, I mean, it just, it finally worked out and I got a position there too. But she was just like, because her manager tried to get her back. And when he did, she was like, she gave them some astronomical salary number. She was like, you a woman, come back. It needs to be this much money. And I need to be 100% remote. If you all need me to come in quarterly or for meetings, I could do that. But I am not coming back to that office. Um, yeah. And he was like, like, he was BSing her. He was like, oh, well, the CFO is going to want you to fill out the application. And she's like, no. I'm not filling out the application because you are about to make it look like I'm coming back to you. So like you are going to talk to the CFO, tell the CFO you want me back, but this is what I want. And I'm just like, I'm on the same. Like I will give them an astronomical salary number. Um, you know, my new company is paying for my relocation. So then I would have to ask for extra money on top of that because I have to pay that relocation money back if I leave the company before a year. Um I too am not coming into the office. Um, but unfortunately for that place, it's not just about money. Like I had so many bad experiences with the culture there. I would never go back. Like they're so corrupt and crooked. I can't, I can't deal with it. Interesting. It's funny. You mentioned two things that I kind of wanted to uh, touch on. Um, <laughs> how do you know? You seem to be a good negotiator. Like, how did you master the art of negotiation? I did it. I suck. <laughs> <laughs> so, when I got, when I first got furloughed, I, I was teetering. I was like, would I go back? Like, I wasn't sure. But, like, when I got furloughed, like, the whole situation was so terrible, how they handled it. I had left for the day. 
I had told my whole, not my whole team, but I had told my direct report and his direct report. So that's the VP of the SVP of my department. They both knew that I was leaving early. Um, of course, I told my coworker who was in the office, like I told her by. Um, and then HR knew as well. So I went about my business. I went to the nail shop and my phone is like one of the project managers called me like twice. My direct report called me twice. I was like, why is everybody hitting them up? I'm off. Like I clock in and clock out and I have clocked out. So when I was finishing up, one of the accountants who I'm legitimately friends with calls me. That is the only reason I picked up the phone. And she was like, oh, did you get the email about working from home? They're shutting down the office. Um, so until further notice, everyone's going to work from home. So they want you to take anything out of the office that is going to facilitate you working from home comfortably. And I was like, is that why everybody was calling me? So I tried to, I called my direct report. He was asking me for some report for one of my projects. And I was like, bruh, I've been off. Like, why don't you know this? And I was like, I'm not home right now. I can do it when I get home. But, um... I'm trying to figure out about this email that was circulated about working from home. It was a Friday. So I'm just like, is anyone else still at the office? Like, should I go up there? He was like, yeah, because they were like making a big deal. They were like, you shouldn't come up there anymore. Your badges may not work because they were just really trying to, they were going to deep clean the whole office. And I'm just like, okay. And they were talking about throwing stuff away. And I'm like, well, I don't need any of my stuff thrown away. So I need to get up there. So he was like, yeah, I'm sure you can go. You can go. I called his boss. He didn't answer. So I drive all the way back to Alpharetta and I start taking home. I start packing up essentials, just essentials, because that is what the email said. Mm -hmm. So then I started talking to my, I started talking to the guy who hit me up actually. And again, because he was just, I feel that he was just a genuine person. And so I had asked him, I asked him one question and he was like, oh, you're going to have to talk to your, to your SVP about that. I can't give you that information. And I'm like, but he's not here. Like his truck wasn't in the parking lot. His door was closed. I was like, whatever. So I start taking stuff down to my car. My SVP emails me. He's like, hey, can you give me a call? And he gives me his cell number. So I call him and he was like, oh, no, no, I'm in the office. Come on. So then he tells me I'm getting furloughed. And I was like, you know that I have been gone for half the day already, and you should have known that I was good. Like, you could have done this this morning. Why did you make me drive back up to Alpharetta to tell me I don't have a job? Yeah, like, what is wrong with worst. you all? And then he was like, okay, so... So mind you, like I said, my VP, my direct report, had called me asking me for a report. So he knew I was furloughed, but he was still asking me to do work, which is illegal. And it's just shady. So then my SVP, now that he's officially furloughed me, he was like, if you could just send me an email of what you were. I said, no, that's work. That is illegal. I'm not. It is 530 on a Friday. I'm not spending any more time in this office. Are you sick? They and did so, on Friday? Yeah, Friday the 13th. Oh, so work, like, Yeah. <laughs> so the thing was that Wednesday we had had a big kumbaya the whole office had had a big kumbaya in the kitchen with the president of the company and he was talking about 
just going down to a four-day work week and using our PTO to circumvent that last day of pay that they were that we were losing. And I was like, I'll buy it. I feel that they knew they were going to furlough us on Wednesday because they were already furloughing people at property level. They were already furloughing and closing hotels by this time. Mm-hmm. So I felt like they knew that on Wednesday and they just wanted to drag it out. I was like, that's dumb. You should have told the people you were going to furlough on Wednesday or Thursday. This way we had a day or two to do the wrap up, to clean out our desks, to wrap up and to you know say, hey, this is what we're working on, passing it on to someone else. But no, you wanted to do it all on one day. That's so stupid. And then allegedly when it was all happening, because again, I was not in the office, the president of the company, the SVP of HR, basically all the SVPs. So the whole mm-hmm. C-suite, all the executives, doors closed, wouldn't talk to anybody. Like laid off, I think it was 75% of their of their entire workforce had their doors shut. Um, our new, we had had a new CFO. He was there for less than three months. His accounting team works in the office. He furloughed them via a Zoom call instead of just coming out of his office and getting a boardroom and looking them in the, you know, in the eye, he put them on a Zoom call. I was like, are you, are you all sick? So when I, yeah. And so when that happened, I was really like, do I want to go back? And I started just thinking about all the bad experiences I had over the years with that company. And, um, when I finally decided that I wasn't going to go back and that I was going to invest in myself to better position myself to re-enter the job market when I decided to re-enter the job market, I was like, I'm going to have to know how to how to stand up for myself, how to market myself, because I hadn't looked for a job in years. Like I had worked for this one company for the past four years. So I didn't know. Like, And then they also, their interview process, was already different because they're just a goat rodeo. Like they're a circus all together. So like how they do things is just different. But then also it's, I'm getting into a new field. I am, it's now a pandemic. So what employers are looking for is different than what employers were looking for four or five, six years ago. Mm-hmm. So I, um, I found this career club that is geared towards women of color. I joined and they have monthly webinars. They pick a topic, they have a webinar about it. Then we have office hours about it. You get a workbook, the webinar is recorded so you can go back and you can um, listen to it whenever you want. And there was one on salary negotiations. And um, I watched it and I was intent with it. Like I was taking notes and I really had to say, I'm going to stand up for myself. Like when I go back into this job market, and I had to set a a walkaway number. Like I am not going to accept less than this amount of money, period. And I have to be okay with it because I have to know my own worth and my own value. So I did that. Um, one of the big things that they, um, to have a range, to not have like a set number, especially in the beginning, because you don't know 100% what the job entails at the beginning. So you might want to say X amount of dollars, you get into the interview and they're telling you on top of the 10 things that are on the job description, they want you to be responsible for 10 more things 
well, that's that's more money. Yeah. So really learning to not come in with a married number. And if they're making you like give a set number, aim way higher because you don't you don't know what's gonna you don't know what's gonna come up in this job interview. Do you think, um do, do you think that uh, like when you go in with like a set number or like an open number, do you think it's more likely to happen that you would get the price that you're looking for? I do think it's more likely to happen because some of these companies, and then it's like, that's another thing. Um, being in those workshops, because again, they're on Zoom. So the other participants, um, we ask questions, we talk amongst each other and you hear these stories. And again, these are the majority. I mean, they accept other people, but it's the majority black women in this club. So you hear these stories of, women who are shorted there was one woman i think she was shorted like 40k because she knew someone inside of the company that she was trying to apply that she was interviewing for and the number that she gave though it was a high number and was a number a number that she was comfortable with she later found out that the amount that they had budgeted for that position was like 40k more than what she asked for really so it's like, and then, you know, no company is going to be like, oh, well, we, I'm sorry, you said 90K, but we really want to pay you 130K. No, no, a company's not going to do that. And so they're just going to pocket that 40K and do something else with it. Um, so it's, I do think that you are, I, I don't, it hurts you to ask for what you want to ask for. Because in the long run, um, statistics show that the, best way to make more money is to switch jobs like and that's why they say when you come into a job negotiation negotiate the best offer up front because once you're in there even you might get merit raises you might get you know yearly cost of living increases but they're not going to amount to what you would get if you just took your credentials to another company and jumped ship so at the end of the day i don't think it can hurt your chances. I think, and it's something that's discussed a lot in the career club as well, that we come from a time where, or not us, but like our parents and a lot of the people who raised us, they came from a time where you get a job, you do your time, you collect your pet, you keep your head down, you collect your pension, just be happy, you know, be grateful that you're employed. And you know, millennials, we're not on that. We're like, no, you're going to pay me. All the money. And you're also not going to think that if I'm sitting at a computer staring at a screen all day that I have to come into your office to do that either because I could do that from my couch and save my gas. So we're really looking for, like, we don't, we're looking for employers to pay us what we're worth and to make sense with what they're doing. So the worst I can say is no. And to be honest, if if it's a good, reputable company, who wants to actually have good talent, they should be willing to negotiate. And any reputable recruiter who I've ever heard from says the same thing. Like companies should be willing to negotiate. They should be expecting you to negotiate. And it was still rough for me. Um, One of the jobs, one of the first jobs that I interviewed for, um, when I spoke to the recruiter for the first round interview, 
I gave her my range. The number that she gave me was below my range. And I was like, okay, well, you know, let's go through the process. They're going to see what I've made of. They're going to want to offer me the job. And then they're going to want to give me the money. Didn't work out that way. And so I had to stick to my guns and I had to say, no, this is below my walkaway number. So absolutely not. And that's what I did. And then they came back to me about a week later. and was like, hey, <laughs> we got this position that we think you might be a good fit for, Jen. And I was like, oh, you don't say. And I had to go through the whole interview process again, which I wasn't that happy about because I had to do a present. I essentially had to do two presentations. I, well, I had to do one presentation for the first interview. Then for this next position, I had to do another presentation and I had to write an email and the big difference between these two, the first position I applied for and the next one was the second position was client facing. The first one wasn't client facing. And so the email was um, apparently they had a habit in the past of hiring people who did not know how to write a professional email. So they're emailing clients, but they're emailing them and like tech speak, like shorthand, no greeting, no closing, just very informal. So that was the whole purpose of the email practice, the other whole email exercise. And so I was really upset because I really agonized over the content of the email. And then they just glanced over it. They're like, oh, okay, she uses punctuation. She capitalizes her sentences. I was like, you have to be kidding me. But um, even when they offered me that, it was a lot more money than I than I had expected. It was the top end of the salary. Um, but there were some other red flags. Um, it was technically unlimited PTO, but it was at the sole discretion of my manager. And I didn't like that. <laughs> because going through and reading about the company on Glassdoor and Indeed, a lot of people were saying that the work-life balance was terrible. And I was like, well, maybe they don't know how to balance their life. Maybe that's why the work-life balance is terrible. Or maybe they're just a scorned employee. But it was a lot of them. And I was like, my mom always says a million Frenchmen can't be wrong. <laughs> so then when, when I found out that I could essentially put in for my PTO, but my manager could say, no, you have too many projects. I was like, maybe that is why people are saying there's bad work-life balance. And people were also saying that there was a lot of favoritism. And I was like, I mean, if people are playing favorites, and if I'm not someone's favorite, I might not get that PTO. And yeah. I just, I, I didn't like that feeling. And so um, around the same time, I had, I had applied for the job that I'm at now in January. Mm -hmm. But um, things were moving very slowly because it's in Texas. And so it was right around when the snow came and shut everything oh, yeah. down so it was like i did the interview for the second position the other one was a was a clinical research organization so i did the interview for the second position at the cro as soon as i finished that interview i got an email from my current job and they were like oh we want to have a a uh interview with you and the hiring manager and i was like what the hell and the problem was the cro once they offered you the job, you had 48 business hours to accept. So I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to get through all my interviews on in 48 business hours. Because the first position, they offered me the position the next day. 
And I was like, they're, they work quickly. So I, um, I didn't know what to do. So then I have a one-on-one like career coach and she was like, you need to call that other company. You need to reach out to them and figure out why the recruiter isn't reaching back out to you. And it was nerve wracking. It was so nerve wracking because I've never done anything like that before. And she was like, tell them that you have a competing job offer. And I was like, tell them what? (laughs) I was like, girl, they're going to tell me to go take my ass over there then. And she was like, no, they won't. And so I did it. And he explained, the recruiter explained to me why he didn't reach out to me. He thought that I came from a third party agency. So if I'd come from a third party, that third party would have given me the information. Because I had no, when I had my first interview, I had no idea what the salary was. No idea if they would want me to relocate, if I'd be required to relocate to Texas. I didn't know any of that information. I just knew that my friend really likes this company Mm -hmm. and that I could do the job based off the job description. And I was just, the recruiter explained to me that's why he didn't reach out to me. He thought that I was being taken care of by someone else. It was an internal error. He apologizes. I was that's fine because it really, it wasn't how they fell down. It's how he got up. So then he started telling me about the salary and um the health benefits and he was he was really telling me a lot of information and i was like why are you telling me so much you want me here don't you uh-huh uh-huh and i'm not, it gets me up a little it made me a little more confident and um the salary was less than the cro and so i was like you're gonna so that automatically started getting me into if they offer you this job you're going to have to negotiate the salary so knowing that and that's like one thing Ask that up front. Like, I don't care what anybody says. Again, I'm not a career coach, but millennial to whoever is listening, ask up front. That very first job, that very first phone interview, phone screen that you have with the recruiter, if they don't bring up salary, people, I think old school people, and I honestly think white people will tell you don't bring up salary because white people and older people want to get over on you bring up salary if the recruiter doesn't ask hey what's the what is the budget for this position and then if they're saying something you don't like you know if it's close ask if it's flexible but if it's you know 10 20 30k less than what you want what are we wasting time for (laughs) why are you wasting your time why are you wasting their time let them go on to the next person who feels that that's their realm like if you feel you've elevated above that then take your business elsewhere and so and then it also gets you in it gets you ready like you know from the beginning okay i'm gonna have to negotiate when i get this offer and when it came down to it um when he offered it to me uh you know career coaches will always say never take the first offer and i didn't at first like they'll try and get you to accept via phone and i was i always say i want to if um, if you can send me the written offer, I will look over all the details and I will definitely let you know if I have any questions. And I did that for the CRO too. And one of the questions that I asked both of them, cause I want to get my PMP certification was if they do tuition reimbursement. So that was something that was super important to me. So that was a question that was asked and I was, um, for the CRO, they did do it, but you had to be there for a year. And my career coach was like, nah, she was like, go ahead and take your certification and ask them if you stay for a year, will they reimburse you after the year? 
Like, don't wait on them. Because she was like, that's your certification. So at the end of the day, if you get certified three months after you start that job, and now you don't like that job, you can take all your credentials, your certification, and you can go make money elsewhere because now you're certified. And I was like, that's smart. You see? Stuff I would have never thought of. And she was like, yeah, ask them if they will give you that money a year later. And I did, and they came back, and they were like, we'll just give you a signing bonus to go ahead and get the certification outright. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. Ask not, have not. Like, that's legitimately what it is. And I think a lot of people... They only want to negotiate salary. There's other things you can negotiate. You can negotiate stocks, PTO, uh, a, you know, working from home. You can ask them to pay your cell phone bill, your Wi-Fi bill. You can ask for a flexible work schedule. You can ask for a lot of things. And I think people just don't know. But at the end of the day, what's going to work for you is you have to know your worth and you have to know what you want. Like you have to know what's important to you. And so while up front, the CRO was offering more money. I also knew that I wanted my freedom. I didn't want to. What's the point of making all this money if I never get a damn day off of work? If I can never go on vacation? Yeah. Uh, what is the point? And so that was something that was important to me. And so in negotiating, you have to know like what you really want. So you know that's what you're going to negotiate for. So you can go hard for it. Um, but when it came down to my company, again, I asked for it in writing. It was less than the CRO. And I was like, you got to do it. You got to ask for more money. And I was scared. I was terrified. And I basically, I did my homework. Like I looked at, I looked at the position. I looked at the company size and I compared it to the same position for comparable companies in the same city in Texas. And I also had honed in on something that they said in the interview. One of the questions I asked was, what is the most immediate project I would work on if I accept this role? And it was a resounding training and writing SOPs. I was like, okay, bet. I, I like doing it. I like, again, I love process improvement. To improve the process, you got to train people to do it. But it was when people give you an answer like that, that makes me feel like, oh, so this is a mess. <laughs> like, don't nobody know what they do, do they? And so when I spoke to the recruiter, I was like, okay. So I read over the job description carefully, but in the interview, there was a huge portion about training being very important to this role. And while I am 100% ready to train, I like training they made it seem um, like it would take up more of my time and be a larger portion of my job than the job description did, considering that portion and also considering um, the average salary for comparable for this role in comparable companies in this position, I want X amount of dollars. And I promise you, I didn't breathe when I said it to him. I probably said it one long, quick-ass sentence. And he was like okay, well, I'll ask the hiring manager, blah, blah, blah. Came back like an hour later, and he was like, yeah, they're fine with it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I did it. And, and do, do you think ahead. do you think they already know that people are going to negotiate or going to not take their initial offer? You think they just kind of do the whole waiting thing? It's just like a a formal thing? 
I think it's half and half because I do think that there's a number of people who are still with this. Just be happy with whatever you're getting. Just be happy you have a job. Be happy you have a paycheck. Um, and yeah, there are really some people who are a hundred percent okay with that. They shouldn't be. They should. I want more for them. Um, but at the end of the day, I I don't think a recruiter is going to turn somebody away for not negotiating. I think they might be a little disappointed in them, but at the end of the day, they're saving the company money. Because at the end, they think that they can do the job regardless. They're offering them the job. So there's no point in throwing out a good candidate because they didn't negotiate. True. Period. I think... so. For me, from from what I've heard or what I've experienced, I've never really had to to negotiate my pay because it always was more than what I was actually aiming for. Because I'm not someone who's like super money driven, so whatever I got, it was you know whatever. But all, then I, then after a while, I get I'm like, hey, what if I what if I would have asked for this? And I think I learned that lesson working with my grandpa. He, I think we were doing construction. I think I asked for like twelve dollars, eleven dollars, and then he was like, you showed us what you want. And I'm like, yeah. I mean, I got that. And I had been going. I was like, he was like, have you seen a check like this, boy? I think he had a check for like, like maybe two thousand dollars for just like one week of work. And I was just, like, I ain't never seen nothing like that. <laughs> and then he was like, he said, you know how to get your check like this? And I was like, no. He said, next time you go in an interview, you ask for it. And I was like, I was like, but how do I ask for that? And I think I was eighteen. <laughs> and so he told me. So he was like, remember when I asked you to uh, write, uh, to write how much you wanted down that piece of paper? He said, they would have given you more if you would ask for it. He said, but you asked for this, and this is what you got. And it was more than what I was getting at my previous job. So I was like, okay, but then I had learned. But I never had to do that again. But I feel like sometimes, do you think people are just afraid that people are going to say no because they're asking too much? Or or, or, or do you ever think about the people who turned down your position? Both. So, And it's wild because me and my coworker was talking about this today. So after all of this happened, and that was another thing we talked about in the career club, like when it came to negotiating and people were like, one of the opening questions was, have you had a bad experience negotiating in the past? And majority of people say, yes. At my old company, the first promotion that I got, I, it was, it was, so we had, a sales manager. She did small corporate groups. And then all the sales managers did was sell. Once the sell, once the contract was signed, they give it to the convention services manager, the CSM. The CSM does the details. They're the one who's calling and is like, hey, how many, you know, you need 13 rooms. Who is going in these 13 rooms? Okay, you have three meetings for three days. Do you need lunch? Do you need dinner? What do you want on the menu? They do all the details. So... That CSM position opened up, working for not now one sales manager, but two sales managers. So I'm like, okay, so naturally, if you are now handling the groups of two sales managers, that's going to be higher volume than one sales manager. But they tried to pay, the pay that they were giving me, I ain't like it. And so when I was trying to negotiate it, the deal, the director of sales and marketing slipped up and said to me that is the exact same amount of money the person in the position prior was making so of course he's not supposed to tell me that but i was just like well first of all this is in my mind i did not say this to him 
she was another black woman. So she's, we're both, we're in, we're in an underpaid demographic. So telling me that I am making the same as another underpaid person means nothing to me. But I said, that person worked for one sales manager. I will be working for two sales managers. He tried to tell me it would be the exact same amount of meetings. And I said, that doesn't make any sense. So that means that you're telling me that you're paying one sales manager to do nothing. Because if you have one sales manager who can do the same volume as two sales managers, you're wasting money on a sales manager. Fuck that sales manager and give me that money. Then, <laughs> if that's what we're what if that's what we're really talking about. But it was in the end, I got two thousand dollars more. And I was just like, four years ago, I was arguing over two thousand dollars, and now I am making thirty k more than I was making. Like I have stock options. I have a work environment that I actually like, like it's remote. I have, so they're paying for reload. But yeah, if I didn't have the support from my career coach and that from, and from that career club, I would have never, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have had the courage to negotiate. I would have thought that it was impossible because even after when I got promoted the second time, when I went to the corporate office and I had asked them, the recruiter was like, Oh, that's a little high for what we, it was already, you could tell that she was, she was just being reluctant. And in the end, they ended up giving me what I wanted. But then when I started doing the work, I was like, oh, hell no, I should have been making more than this. And so seeing like having to go through that, it is hard and it does turn people off most definitely. Um, But again, you have to, you have to find find your tribe I think you have to find who's going to encourage you you have to encourage yourself and you have to make those those numbers and you have to figure out what those things are that's important to you like you said you're not you know money's not the most important thing to you so then maybe you want to negotiate for things like paid time off like having stock options having uh, uh, having your your phone bill and your wi-fi paid for like you got to figure out what's important to you and you got to learn to negotiate for it. But people will be deterred if they've had bad experiences in the past. Absolutely. And I don't remember what your second question was. Uh, I think you answered it. Uh, <laughs> okay. It was about, uh, do you ever think about the person who turned down your position for that, for whatever pay and like how much they asked for or things like that. But you, you answered that one. But um, I don't think that a lot of people really realize what they can negotiate. I think people only do think about pay because no one's ever told us to do anything else. I didn't know what PTO was until 2008. I didn't know what it was. And even then, I didn't even use it. Like, I barely used it. And even now, I barely use it. But, like, I have so much now where I'm at now that I can take out for a very, 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 very long time and be straight. I can even sell my PTO. But it's probably smarter to just just take the time off and do nothing if anything but i don't think yeah. a lot of people just just know what to negotiate and how to do it or feel empowered to do it because no one ever really teaches you they kind of just take you they, they kind of just teach you to be a regular worker like take what you can get and be happy yeah they don't really uh teach you how to get more and i and i think wherever i do next if i'm still working in a year's time i'm definitely gonna um play you know hardball a little bit with what I want and 
one more thing we did not introduce the podcast which is okay oh shoot <laughs> we just started chopping it up but that's cool because you know that's kind of how it is sometimes i know a lot of podcasts do that they, they won't start talking about whatever they're supposed to get to the meat and potatoes until afterwards but this is episode 52 of i don't have a name for this yet podcast and we're back with jen walters and i am your hey. host a one and today is a good day. No ice cube. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that was pretty good. I think people who 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 did listen to that can probably take some tips and pointers from that, and you know, try to negotiate better things. But I also think that a lot of people aren't in jobs where they can really like. Let's say you're doing like fast food or you're doing retail. Like I don't, you know, it's like what do you negotiate? Like can you? But I think people probably think negotiation is more so for people who do like corporate jobs or like those some of those top tier jobs. No, ask. Like, again, ask not, have not. The worst they can tell you is no. And, like, some of the things, and also figuring out, like, the nuances of certain things. So, like, how, like, PTO, my former company, PTO and, PTO and sick time. A lot of companies, they're two different things. You'll get X amount of sick days a year, and then you accrue PTO on your check. My my former company, it was all one bank, and you couldn't start accruing PTO until 90 days after you've been working. So I'm like, but what if you get sick within the first 90 days? It's like you have to work to accrue your sick time, and I didn't like that. And it was like, I remember we addressed it with our operations VP one time, and he had given some long speeches to why he was like, oh, we're well, having it together. It's flexible and it gives you more freedom. And I was like, no, because if someone gets sick, they now have to, if, they, and if, if someone gets sick within their first 90 days, like, no, no, I don't think they're going to make you come into work, but you're still losing money. And because you're losing money, that is what pushes people to come into work when they're sick because they need that money. I don't think anyone is working because they just are bored at home. Hmm. Like, no. Like, we're working because we have bills to pay because capitalism, everything costs money. So that's, I think, more so what pushes people to continue to come to work when they're sick and they don't have that sick time. They don't have that sick time. They don't have dedicated sick time. They have to sit here and they have to accrue PTO over time to be able to get sick. And that's one thing that I don't like. And so I definitely think that that's anyone, like that's a structure to find out up front. And so uh, negotiate for sick time up front or negotiate to, if they have it in one bank, negotiate for PTO to be front loaded. Like, oh, they say you're not supposed to, you know, you start accruing after 90 days. No, front me 40 hours PTO. But that's it. And see what happens. Worst they can say is no. Well, folks, there you have it. You have a good 25 minutes of negotiation tactics. You all go get this money. You all deserve it. Most definitely. Or get this PTO, these stocks, whatever matters to you, go get it. Definitely. Put your value out there. Um, I did want to ask you, because I don't think we got got to chat or podcast in about two weeks maybe mm-hmm. um i think this makes two weeks or two yeah, and a half. i think so but we didn't get to to, to to now that now that the dust has settled on the the derek chauvin verdict like what are your thoughts on that 
Like, what what was your initial thought on the verdict? I was, for once, shocked and not disappointed. Mm-hmm. Like, thank you. Like, it's, it's well-deserved. Like, we know that that's what it should have been, period. Like, we know. And to see it come to fruition, it was... It was surreal because it's one of those things where it's like, I knew that it was going to be a moment in history, no matter what the verdict was. But I was erring on the side of this is going to be another big black mark for racism. No, you know what? No, no, no. Because black (laughs) is always the the negative negative thing. thing. It's going to be another big white mark for racism in this country and that's really where I thought it was going to be but it was it turned out to be some semblance of justice and it was it was refreshing and I just I still I can't believe it I'm I'm waiting to hear what the sentencing is going to be um I didn't like some of the comments and rhetoric afterwards. His girlfriend told him out he gave his life for this cause. No, he didn't. George Floyd did not wake up that morning and be like, let me go get murdered and be a martyr. No, that's not what he did. He didn't give his life for anything. And it's like little things like that. um, I feel sully what's going on because again, it makes it seem like black people are supposed to be out here sacrificing themselves to fix to to trigger police reform and all this stuff like no you, we shouldn't have to die if you want to figure out you shouldn't kill people but um it's still it was overwhelmingly surprising i'm not gonna lie i was shocked i know i remember like i work with i work with a fairly decent number of of white people and um i think everybody was kind of like on you know on on edge I ain't even gonna say edge but like on pins and needles like they didn't really know what to think and I think these are good white people by the way and I don't think they really knew what to think and they were just like hey what do you think I think this lady I think her she she's a, she's an older she has to be at least 60 something she was like hey hey one what do you think about of course she said my real name but she was like hey one, what do you think about the case what do you think is gonna happen I was like I was like based on what I've been hearing they have enough to convict him and I'm going to be shocked if they don't, but I would not be surprised. And if and if it goes that if it goes the way where I am, you know, not shocked. Um, I think there may be some chaos that ensues. So the whole day it was like really eerie. It was really quiet. Nobody was really, you know, you know, like really saying anything. It was just like one of those oh something's up type of days. And everybody was like trying to get home. Like there was no traffic. There was nobody outside. I was like, whatever I do, I'm getting home and I'm staying inside. I'm not going anywhere because I don't want. If it does go the way where I where I am surprised, I think it's gonna upset some other people. So mm-hmm. I was just sitting here listening. It was just so quiet when they gave the verdict. I was kind of shocked, and I think he was honestly shocked just by the look on his face. But oh yeah. Cause, Cause, most people get off of that, you know, and it's just, it's kind of sad to see. And like, I took away two things from that, cause I know how it feels to be in a position where someone has something hanging over your head or over your life or whatever. And you know, it's kind of sad to see that he is going away. But at the same time, you did what you did. 
Like I don't think you know, as humans, we do get to decide those things, but that's the that's the system that we have in play, and it's and it's and it's it's a good feeling when it does work the way it should work for a positive thing, for once. Yeah, because then there were reports that he, like a couple years back, he had kneeled on another. I think it was a. I think it was a kid. A fourteen year old, I think, in the house. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like. This isn't, it's clear that this wasn't a one-off thing. So as as much as it is, you know, we humans may not be the ones who are supposed to decide these things, but what else can we do? Like, this is someone who's a menace. He is a public menace. Like, what? come on, you got to do something about yeah. it. Yeah, and I think that's why I kind of did want to at least give it one week to kind of like let things rest and kind of see what happened because the more time goes on the more you find out stuff and when you find out about that about the 14 year old kid and then you hear about how him and George worked together at a nightclub like Mm -hmm. that's that's kind of crazy and you still did that to somebody that you were somewhat familiar with you may not have liked him you may not have been fly with him but you knew his face like you knew that he was whether he was a decent enough person or not at least be high and by with somebody you know so it was just I just wanted to give it a little bit of time you know to see what happens and then now I guess we just wait for the other three and see what happens I don't know what's going to happen with that but it's it's just interesting to see but I think they knew they had to do that though, if because if not, I think it was gonna be be crazy. Oh yeah, it would have been really wild. Like like it was weird. Like I was prepared. Like I was prepared if like it went the way that it sounded like it should have went, for like you know the bad people to to be up in arms and had their guns and be out doing like crazy things. But I was thinking that if it you know if it didn't, I thought that the black people were just gonna be up in arms. It's just gonna be protesting again. Yeah. Well, I thought it was going to be like how it was over the summer. Yeah. Or worse. So, but I'm I'm glad that things aren't too crazy out there in the world. I do think something's coming and something's going to happen. I just don't know what and when. Something has to. Like, something has to. Because this, this change is too slow. Like, again, there are three other officers who, what's going on with them? Brianna Taylor's killers. What? Not even what? Living a life. What is they doing? The, the um, the one who shot the the young boy, the one that uh, I was talking about. Her house was being guarded. What's going on with her? The little girl that was killed the same day that this guy was found guilty. Hours later, mm-hmm. killed by the cops when she had called the cops because someone was messing with her, and then they had been um. It came out that she had called them before because whoever had been harassing her, what had been harassing her and her sister, I think, well before that. So whatever is going to happen, it, it needs, I'm sorry. It, well, no, I'm not sorry. It needs to be big. Like, there's, they're not, they don't listen when we try and be the Martin Luther Kings and be the good Negroes and the peace and let's all sing kumbaya and get these bills signed no that progress is excuse me that progress has been too slow we need something else yeah 
It is. And, you know, going even even when you look at the one where they where he shot the gun on the chest four times, like there's so much you could have done to de-escalate the situation that, that didn't have to result in a loss of life. Like you could have tased them. Like tasers drop people too, and they dropped them relatively quickly too. They really do. But but you didn't do that. Like, I don't know. And I know people, I get people saying, oh, he didn't have time to think, he didn't have time to do that. But if it were me, I'm never aiming to take anyone's life unless I really 100% have to. And that's even then, I don't want to. Right. So it's just like, it's just like, what, what are we doing? Like, like, what are we teaching people? And why are we okaying it? Uh, it's the, it's the way of this country. It is. It is. But I guess we're going to have to wait and see what else happens from this. Because I think there's going to be some more stuff that comes out of this. I don't know what, but I do know something's coming. Well, I know sentencing is coming, but. Yeah, June 25th. Yeah, I think that's one thing is going to be a little hairy. Does that, wait, what state was it? Do they have the death penalty? Well, I don't think they do. I think the only place that, that still does that is uh, Texas, if I'm not mistaken. Because I just saw something, I think it was one of the Carolinas, like put the firing squad on, on back on for capital punishment because apparently there's a shortage of the lethal injection drugs. That's crazy. They can and I'm just like, else. that's wild. Yeah. That's crazy, but I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't. You know, did not believe it if it was one of those Southern Republican states, one of the Carolinas. South Carolina, South Carolina, it is the most. You know, one of the, the higher up ones. <laughs> but that's. I mean, crazy. but yeah, anything outside of life for him, I can't. I can't fathom. Like what? What else could we do? <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's I don't know, but we're gonna we're gonna have to wait and see though, because I know, like I said, they got to get the other the other three. I don't know what they're gonna get or what what you know what charges come to them, but something's happening, and I think they might be a little nervous. I think everybody that's that's been in, involved in something like that is going to be nervous. But that's the point. You should be nervous. Like you should be, you should be nervous like I, I love how white people always be like well if you didn't do anything wrong there's nothing to worry about okay well they did yeah. something wrong so now there's something to worry about That's like that is how punishment works you're supposed to fear being punished but for so long no one checked cops so what what is there to fear they had each other's back didn't matter what atrocities what fuckery they were doing they protected each other but those days need to come to an end and if it's starting you all need to be scared yeah true true that is definitely true um what else i was gonna talk about what i got here i got a couple things some of them we're definitely not gonna get to um what time what time do you have to be at your uh your gatherings tomorrow oh it oh so you're not participating tonight oh no i'm not participating tonight i am no it's far too late for me to up and leave my house now. Tell me about it. Uh, well, there is there is a little bit of excitement going on. I don't know if you heard J Cole's new album is coming f- next Friday. 
Yes, I have heard. I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, uh, that's one of my favorites. I, I, I'm ready for that. What do what you, what you think it's going to be about? Or what do you think it's going to be like? I have no earthly idea. <laughs> Me either. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I, I mean... Go ahead. He's, he takes a more conscious route, so I wouldn't... You know, and he was at some of the Black Lives Matter protests, so I wouldn't be surprised if there is political discourse and bars about what has been going on in society. Um, so, But that's the only speculation I can really have. I, I read something where they were saying that he... Uh wants to like he said he missed rapping how he rapped on his first mixtape like really like rapping rapping he said he wants to get back to doing that so he was saying that uh that this this next one is supposed to be a little bit more of that and it's gonna be interesting to see okay okay but i would like to i would like to see him still do what he's been doing but like just just really get to it and I hope it's like at least 12 songs on there so we can really like have time to sit and, and just just digest it I guess yeah it's gonna be interesting I'm, I'm gonna see if I can find that article but it sounds like it's gonna be good but I know I know he better stop playing around him and Kendrick they need to stop playing around and go on and give us the album that we've been wanting wait but didn't TDE say that they were isn't there supposed to be a TDE drop tomorrow? Or is oh, next week? man. See, now I didn't know that. T TDE. But I think they're not being... From what I can tell, they're not being... Like, they're not saying who it is. They're not saying who it is. They're not saying what it is. And, yeah. I know I see on Complex, they say Kendrick's next album may be dropping soon. Here's what we know. It could be Scissors. Okay, I'll or, take that. Or Isaiah Rashad, which is somebody else I would like to hear from. I have no idea who that is, so now I'm going to have to look at it. Oh, no, sorry. Sorry. You got to check out Isaiah Rashad. Like, he's really good. He's from Tennessee. Um, but it's not like what you would think from Tennessee. Like he He's one of them. He's one of them good ones from Tennessee. What if one of the good ones from Tennessee? Like, like what does that mean? Like, not saying that Tennessee has bad artists or anything, but he's not like Juicy J. He's not like hey, uh, hey. Dolph. He's not like the, not like Juicy J. I like Three Six. That's what I kind of grew up on. But he's not like Dolph. He's not like what is wrong with Dolph? I don't know. I just don't like his music. I just oh, don't gosh. like it. But who was the other one? What is it? Black youngster. He's from like Memphis too, right? Yeah, and I love him too. He's hilarious. Uh uh-uh. uh, uh. I do not like their music, but he's not like that. When you hear him, you you will hear like he's from like Tennessee, but you won't. You go, oh, I, this is this was refreshing to hear from Tennessee. Okay, it's pretty good. I'll probably uh send you an album, but he has like okay. You heard uh Pretty Little Bird some Scissor. Yeah, that's Isaiah Rashad, the guy on there. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's Isaiah. He that's that's him, but he he actually makes like really really good meaningful songs for the most part. For the most part, he got some he got some some craziness on there too, but nothing like Black Youngster or Dolph. Okay. 
But it's going to be interesting to see. But I didn't know TDE was doing anything. So I guess we got two good things to look forward to. At least music. Because ain't nobody really dropped anything good. Like in a while, it feel like. Um, After, for me, after Benny, mm, no, not really. Yeah, nothing else came out. And I still haven't, I still haven't caught up on that yet. I guess I haven't been in like the, the proper headspace to listen to that. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I have to. I haven't really been listening to much music, but if I have, it's either been like real heavy '90s, or and I think I think one of the, the songs of the week may be one of those. But I got a special song that I'm gonna play later that's not from the '90s. But I've been listening to a lot of the '90s, I've been to like a lot of Eminem, a lot of Royce, a lot of Royce okay. and Joe, um, and that's really it. Like for the past three weeks that's really that's really what it's been even when i'm at, at work like i try to like put that on to kind of keep my mind like where i need to be and i don't know either like i say either that or 90s but okay it's gonna be refreshing to have something good to listen to i am still waiting on uh certified lover boy man that ain't coming out this year i'm giving up on that I was still trying to hold on to some hope, and um, and Silk Sonic. I'm still waiting. Yeah, wasn't I want... that supposed to come out like a month ago? Two months. Yeah, ago. I could have sworn like after Leave the Door Open drop, they I could have sworn that sources were saying whole album the next week, and there has been nothing. I think they did that to build up the anticipation. Okay, we've it, we've anticipated enough. Like yeah. we're ready. Go ahead and drop it. They uh, because yeah, what it's May now, so April one. Yes, yeah, so it's been about two months or a month and a half. Yeah, at least. But I don't know. But I think if Drake does come, it'll be maybe in June. Maybe June, if anything. But I don't think that uh, I don't know. I thought it was gonna be like January, February, but nope. Hmm. What else we got? Uh, uh, we have you? Did you hear that? Uh, Florida signing a, a law similar to what Georgia passed. They, I think he just signed it today. The voter law. Yeah, another voter suppression law. Oh, I'm, I'm sick of them with that. Just let people vote. Like they've realized that when you let people vote, they don't win. And when you win, yeah. strip people vote they went and that's what it is that's what it's always been keeping people from voting that's it and like, I just kind of happened it. to catch that sitting here on the couch I didn't know they did it but I think that's pretty weird that they uh, <sighs> that they do stuff like that but it's, then again and it's <sighs> it's Florida it's to be expected yeah it really is I don't know. I don't know what they're doing down there, but they gotta they gotta figure that out. I mean, they they know what they're doing. It's they want to suppress the black vote. I mean, that's all that it is. And unfortunately, Florida has enough people to support it. Like people will talk about all the immigrants in Florida, and I'm like, again. That proximity to whiteness, you have all the Dominicans and Cubans down there who they don't they don't see themselves aligned with black people. They don't see themselves as people of color. They feel that they're white, and 
that they're better than black people and so they're more inclined to vote more towards the right wing and then even i remember at some point there was like a video of it might have been at the beginning of the pandemic but there was like a video of all these black people from florida praising donald trump and i was like what is going on that's crazy florida is just its own it's it's strange i don't know what it is down there that just makes them florida like florida yeah like you had the florida man episode and it doesn't (laughs) stop like it does not change like what what goes on in florida i just don't know why i think it's something in the water has to be there's no other logical explanation for it at all but anyway, I just want to throw that out there just for the listeners, because I know this is how a lot of people find out about stuff. But let's see, what else do we have here? Do you think there is a such thing as too high standards? You gotta be realistic, people. <laughs> yeah. You gotta be realistic. So, I mean, I guess, yeah. Because there, there are certain things that aren't just going to happen. There are things that aren't humanly possible. There are things that just don't make sense. Um, you know what? Yeah. I do, because one, I don't want to look at this simply from the lens of relationships, but I feel like, I feel like we will look at job descriptions and what they're looking for. And they're like, oh, we want a recent college graduate with 42 years of work experience or how that work when you, when you generally graduate college at 22, 23 so how I'm going to have, I haven't even lived for 42 years. So that is a too high standard. And then, cause it's just, it's not physically possible, but I do think in dating, there are people who have standards that just might not be physically possible. I agree. I definitely think that, that people have to be reasonable when it comes like, but with anything, but like for when you go to a restaurant, when you go to a car, when you get a job, when it's dealing with people, you have to be, you know, reasonable, but like, you know, not have your expectations around. Some people would argue that this is what I want. This is what I feel like I, this is what I feel like I deserve. But what, 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 you know, what merits guarantee you that? Like, what, like, what have you done to feel like you deserve? Like, we all feel like we deserve the highest paying job possible, but like, do we put in enough work for it? Like, what are we going to do? What are we? What? How are we going to change the game? What value are we bringing to that company to garner that that wage or that salary? You know, and I think that you know, you know, some people just go to work for a check. You know, some people you know expect their cars to last forever or whatever. But I definitely think that people got to be a bit more reasonable when it comes to just about everything, and you won't really be disappointed when you do that. You just got to be realistic. Yeah. Like the customer's always right mentality is a, I think that's a great example of people's standards just not being 
realistic. Like things just, the customer isn't always right. And I don't know if you saw the video of the young man, he was at a hotel, the guy was recording him and he had like a legitimate whole breakdown. And he was like, hitting his he, head onto the computer? Yes. That was yes. hilarious. And oh my gosh. Well, you think everything is funny, so I can't even be upset with you. <laughs> that was hilarious. He's like, you're ruining my life. Oh my God. He just started hitting his head. Well, that was on ATL Scoop. Uh, I originally saw it. Freddie Gibbs had originally posted the video on Twitter. Is where I well, that's where I saw it. But I can definitely I that seems like something that'd be on ATL Scoop too. That is crazy. First person I thought about was you because I was like, oh yeah, I see where they were. Not that it was that particular, you know, franchise. Yeah, but it was but, a hotel. Yeah, so I was just like, oh Lord, like, but he he was watching. That was about two or three weeks ago for me too when I first saw that. And it was like, you know, you can never really confirm, but there was apparently a guy on Reddit saying that that was him, and he did say that I think he said that he was bipolar, um, and you know, like. Like every single person on the planet, whether or not you have a diagnosed condition, you have your good days and you have your bad days. And he was saying that there was an error that was made by another employee that he was trying to fix, but it was essentially above him. So he couldn't fix it at that point, but he honestly did want to help that person. But when that person did not get what they wanted from him, they bullied him and then they started you know they pushed him to the point where he couldn't take it anymore and i'm just like again the expectations that people come with sometimes is ridiculous and it's like sometimes it's from the outside looking in you don't know what it takes to do half of these things that are going on i remember one time back when i was working front desk there was a woman it was summer so we had multiple family reunions So, of course, family wants to be next to each other and all this other stuff. And this woman, and we tried our best to put people as close together as possible. And then this woman came and she hadn't booked, she had booked a room, but it was not in the family reunion block. She had booked a room through a third party like Expedia. So we had no way of knowing, looking at her reservation prior to when we're trying to assign rooms. We had no way of knowing that she's with this family reunion. And then she came maybe like seven, eight o'clock. And then she was like, oh, I want to be by this person. And I was like, we don't have any more rooms by that person. And she was she was just like, oh, well, I'm with this family reunion. I explained to her, well, you booked through Expedia. So we had no way of, we had no prior knowledge until you walked in the door right now and told me this. So it's eight o'clock. Hundreds of other people have checked into this hotel there are rooms that are occupied. Eight o'clock, housekeeping is no longer here to try and clean a room for you that's close by or to even clean the room that you're trying to get out of right now. Like it's, And she just kept on saying, it's just so easy. You just click a couple of buttons. And I'm like, but it's not. Like I can click on a couple of buttons to fit, to move a room in a computer system. Yes. But if there is one room, if there is room... 520 and there are four rooms around 520 and they are all occupied already then how is that simple please explain to me how is it simple to get four other people out of their rooms to accommodate you yeah please like that's the stand it 
that's too high of an expectation period like it just it doesn't make any sense or people who want to get like grandiose things for seven dollars like what it's seven dollars what do you think you're gonna get like you just look here i two hour flight to miami i'm hopping my behind on spirit for 54 dollars you hear me? I am not <laughs> above that. But I know this is not about to be no Delta flight. I know this is not about to be any type of first class comfort. But it's it's spirit. I understand that I paid $54. Let me ask you this. Because I've never been on spirit. What is it like? Like what should one expect when they get on a spirit airplane? I've flown spirit legitimately once. Um, I plan on doing it again later this month. I think I actually need to buy that ticket today. I said I was going to do it. Um, it. It was the only thing that was like annoying to me was the the luggage situation. The personal item that you could have is like legitimately a personal item. It's a small bag. It's not my big old purse <laughs> that I've been walking around with that I can get on Southwest or Delta or American on. Um, so it's a very small bag. And then if you want to carry on, you have to pay for the carry on or you got to pay to check your luggage. And for me, I'm just always like, oh my gosh, if they lose my luggage, if they lose my luggage, that's always my, that's always my, my fear. And I was using spirit to fly there, but I didn't fly spirit back. So like coming back, I usually don't care. Like, please still don't lose my luggage or at least, you know, let me get it. You know, I don't need my luggage immediately when I land back in Atlanta because I live here. All my stuff is here. Like eventually I want my suitcase back and its contents, but it's not like I'm going to be stranded somewhere with no underwear and soap and clothing. (laughs) I'm going back to my home. So going there was like, I check a bag and so I'm always just afraid that someone will lose my back. And then people just, you know, people say that spirit just has bad service. So, you know, I go on Delta. I've never, my bag's never gotten lost on Delta. My bag's never gotten lost on Southwest or American. So I'm fine. Like I'll check a bag if I, if I have to, I have, I'm beginning to master the art of strict carry on only traveling for airlines that don't charge you for a carry on. So Southwest American, delta stuff like that but spirit does charge you for a carry-on so literally the only thing that's free is a personal item a small personal item um did you feel safe yeah i felt safe the leg room i mean it was there wasn't a lot of leg room um i'm not i mean i'm taller for a woman but i'm not six foot like it's not it wasn't bothering me and then again it was like a two hour flight to Chicago so I was asleep like I had worked the whole day and now I'm getting on this two hour flight I put on my sleep mask and I went to sleep I felt safe I didn't feel I felt no ways about it outside of being afraid they might lose my luggage that was really it interesting I've only only gotten on like Delta and Southwest and lately it's been more Southwest than Delta and you know, I just always, I always, I'm getting on Spirit or I'm getting on, uh, you know, Jet. Is it Jet Blue? Yeah, Jet Blue. 
Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I'm getting on there. Like, I want to make it arrive. I want to arrive alive. <laughs> That's what I want to do. Like, I don't want to, you know, because like I've always had like that fear, like of you know, being in a plane crash and I can't do anything but jump out right before I hit the ground. But how am I gonna get to the door? You know, just different things like that. And I just feel like I don't know. And I've heard some stories about spirit, like that their planes are a little rickety. So I was just like, I don't know if they just tell me to just to, just to mess around, but I don't know. Mm. Well, I didn't experience that, but I know, like, I'm going to California, and I'm not going to take a four-hour flight to California on Spirit. No, <laughs> I know I wouldn't do that. Like for just for my own comfort. But again, little hour flight to Miami or Chicago, I'm gonna get on Spirit, oh unless of course, like, <laughs> there is something. Now, if all their planes start getting recalled, okay, then I'm just like, okay, they really show they showing me why these flights are fifty-four dollars for real now. But until like things like that start happening, I start reading like mm-mm, I'm I'm okay with little short flights on Spirit. And I, again, I realize I am paying fifty four dollars for a ticket. I'm not about to be flabbergasted and in shock if I don't get peanuts or water. Like, are you kidding me? Hey man, no. I kind of like my peanuts, man. I like the water. <laughs> I like the little I like the little Belvita cookies they give out too. I want my snacks when I'm on a plane. Bring your own snacks. Um, do they let you? All the snacks? money that you say, yeah, you can bring food. Not, I mean, like a meal, but they let you bring like snacks. You can bring a meal. Look, my mother always brings food, and she be embarrassing me because <laughs> she the last time when we went to Arkansas to visit my sister, she has like codfish and rice and all this and I'm like what are you doing and so of course TSA is going all through her bag and she's like no no you can't tip that over the juice is gonna fly everyone and I'm like oh my gosh so every single time but no you can bring food of course you can't bring liquids but so many airports now or at least ones that I've been to they have water fountains they have the filtered water water fountains and so you can have your water bottle and just fill it up so that's what i do interesting i'm gonna have to keep that in mind for next time like i know sometimes i bring like a pocket full of candy or something like that or but usually i try not to bring anything because i know one time i think i had brought like some stuff for my hair and they made me take it out like my little my like my little stuff to make my hair look nice <laughs> and uh they made me take it out and i was kind of upset about it well what it was I a liquid do? i wouldn't even call it it was almost i wouldn't really call it a liquid it was like a pudding? Yes, no. It, w- it, wasn't <laughs> even, it wasn't even that soft. Like, if you tipped it over, it's not going to spill. Oh, so it's like a jam. It wasn't like jam either. It was a... What the? Like a cream? Yeah, it might be more like a cream, I guess. Okay. And, uh, I guess it still counts as... I don't know. Yeah, I guess because it's wet. Well, no, man. because, yeah, because lotion falls into those categories as well. And lotion isn't a liquid. It's a cream, but you still can only take only X amount of lotion. Yeah, so I learned to kind of, like, get, like, little small things, little three-ounce things or something like that to put yeah. stuff in. But I didn't really know that that was, like, a thing. Like, I was, I thought y'all oh, checked yeah. my bag. And they was like, well, if we find anything in here, you're not going to be able to board a plane. We're going to put in a thing. So I was just like, are you kidding me? So I think one time. I'm trying to. I don't know if I went to Denver or was it San Francisco and they did that. It might have been. 
I'm about to go back and look. But I know I was like, I never had that problem ever. So, mm-hmm. I mean, some people, sometimes it just depends on who you get. I had a friend, she, she lived in normal Illinois for like a year. And she would like a stupid, dumb, small airport. Like I went to visit her one time. I couldn't, it was ridiculous. I couldn't believe that planes were flying out of this airport. Yeah. And it's a college town. I cannot remember what college is there. So it's like, it's a small little city, but it definitely, it doesn't have a huge airport. And she used to fly back and forth to Atlanta and she would always travel with the carry-on. And we would go out and I'm like, she would be pulling out big, the um the Rihanna body lava. And I was like, how did you get that here? Like you just had, your, you checked your, you just had your carry-on. And she's like, oh, I wrap it up in my towel and I'll stuff it in my shoe. And I was like, I guess the x-ray can't see. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah. there are, I guess there are ways around it or there are people who don't really care that much. Um, but yeah, I just, I have learned to just get, just have small bottles. Um, fortunately enough for me, one of who you, um, one of the brands that I use that like for a lot of my toiletries, they regularly have just minis of the stuff that I use. And so I just have those minis and whenever, if they run out, I just, take, I just take my full size one, pump some more of the moisturizer into the little mini bottle. And then I just throw it in my bag and I'm good to go. But um, yeah, it's rough. It's rough. Like, and that's one thing, like when I go places, I don't like going places for a long time or I don't want to say I don't like going places for a long time, but I'm weary about it. Cause then if I have to wash my hair, I'm like, well, damn, those, those little mini bottles of shampoo it, are not doing it. Shampoo and can, especially conditioner. That's not, I need more for my hair. I have a lot of hair. So, um, mm-hmm. my hairstylist now has her own hair products and they're bars. It's a shampoo bar and a conditioner bar. And I was like, see, I could take these if I go somewhere travel and solid. I swim and I need to wash my hair it's solid I can take this no problem is so like yeah you just stuff? gotta um I think it is interesting interesting how do we get here from oh expectations uh <laughs> to our standards that's crazy I like it when we get off on like tangents or people get off on tangents with stuff that's pretty crazy though but but yeah that is a good a good travel tip to have Oh, do you think the expectation of a man not having kids is too high of an expectation? Uh, yes and no, but I don't. For me, it that never really mattered for me because I like it's a numbers game, really. Like like when I was younger, I knew that there was a chance that anybody I was affiliated with like that 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 was a possibility. And for me, just the number of people that that I've dealt with that didn't is probably like three or four and I'm 32. So most of the people, I just, you know, they just kind of did, you know? So I don't, I don't think it's, it's, it's unrealistic. Like it's there, but like for, like I said, to me, I don't put a lot of stock in it, whether you do or you don't. Okay. Like how, what you, what, what's your thoughts on it? I don't think it's unrealistic. I am grown and I don't have any kids, so what's your problem? 
Yeah, you know, sometimes life happens. What? How? You know how. <laughs> okay, I know Plan B too, and uh, I know. And this is like why, for me, get like when people come up like, well, I didn't know she'd want to keep the baby, and all, but so you you just out here having sex with people and don't know how they would handle the repercussions, the direct repercussions of sex. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because that's something, like, I know that that's not where I want to be right now. So I make sure that that's not where I end up. I I, I don't... We, we all came onto this earth without children. So I, I just... I think people, when I say that I don't want to date men with kids, like, people look at me crazy. And I'm just like, I, that, I'm not bringing that to the relationship, so... What's the, what's the problem? And again, I came into this world kidless the same way you came into this world kidless. So how is it that I remained kidless and you didn't? And it's just like, again, it's, I have the intention of I do not want to have kids right now. So I do what it takes to maintain my childless nature. And then for men, you all, you know, some of them want to say, oh, well, they trapped us and this, that, and the third. So again, did you even know how she would have reacted if she got pregnant or was that not on your radar at all and you just wanted to have sex so what is it yeah i don't you know like it's not i don't i think that if that's part of your criteria i don't think there's nothing wrong with having that for for your criteria but i also think that it takes two to tango and that's the numbers the just the sheer numbers don't necessarily allow for that too often it does take two to tango, but then that's why you should be tangoing with people who want the same things you want or don't want the same things you don't want. True. So would would you be open to that that situation? To what situation? Uh, dating someone who did have something like that going on. <laughs> I've done it a couple. I do not like it. I don't like it. Why, why is that? I can admit I'm selfish. I, ah, uh, that's what it, I don't, and I'm also not big on kids. So really? I just feel like I didn't grow up around a lot of them. So you didn't have like friends growing up? I had friends, but they were, we were kids at the same time. I'm not like, I wasn't like, Oh, like your I sister or something. I'm not like babysitting or I just I just didn't grow up around kids like that. And I mean it's like I just uh it's it's rough to communicate with another person who can't communicate <laughs> the way you communicate. Mm. And I mean I get it. They're a child. So what can you do? But I just mm, no, I'm just, I'm not big on it. I know that I like my time. I, I, it's just like, for me, I think about like, oh, well, what if something happened to the both of us? And you have to choose who you have to go see. Mm. Like we're in two different hospitals. And I'm just like, at the end of the day, I do want you to go see your kid. And I, res- like, 
anyone being a good father and all that, I absolutely respect it. Like, yes, that is what you should do. You just not doing it dating me. Oh, That's all. Man. Like, you're a good man. We can I can be your friend, but I just know how I am and it's not something that I could deal with. And then also and I know that people's relationships with the mother of their child are different, but I've also had some running some run-ins with baby mothers that I didn't like. I know that's not what everyone goes through and what everyone's situation is, but I didn't like it and I don't want to play Russian roulette to figure out if she about to be knocking on my door or not. I know that much. That is crazy. But that's fair. That's reasonable. But I don't, you know, I think that's definitely reasonable. Definitely reasonable, but I don't, you know, like you got your reason, but I don't, you know, I don't think it's like a like a thing. Like, well, it has to be thirty nine dollars in ones, and you know, it has to be thirty dollars in ones, and then ten, you know, ten dimes, you know, well, you know, like that specific. You know, people like yeah. get super specific with stuff. So that's I don't think that's not, you know, super yeah. unreasonable. But I think that. How old are you? Thirty-three. Okay, well, see that changes a lot. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Wait, wait. Let me back up because I want to. Let me also be clear because I have been corrected on this before, and people were absolutely right. I understand, especially now being thirty-three. There are people. There are other situations as to why this young man might be a, a a man with a child. Maybe he was married, got divorced. It didn't work out. So, you know, you could have planned that pregnancy. You know, that was your whole ass wife, whatever. So I do realize that there are, are other situations. It's not just like, oh, she trapped me, this, that, and the third. But in my experience, I'm not running into a lot of men who that's the situation <laughs> where they was married and got divorced and this is their child from their marriage. No, that's not what I'm running into. I know that it happened, but in my experience, that's not what was happening with men who were approaching me and men who I tried to date so that but yes how does 33 change things tell me A1 I say I say that changes things because the longer the more you live the more likely that's a possibility just because of the sheer numbers so when when you're in that situation like it makes it like it's like if if for me I know that if it's if it's if the ages are similar then mm-hmm. there's a high probability that they will and that's just something I've that's just something that I've just learned. So the older you get, the more like like you can only go so long in life without having an accident, like a car accident. Like fortunately I haven't had one. I hope it stays that way. But the more you live life, the more life happens. The more chances you have at whatever happening to you happening. Like if you don't live one day and then you die tomorrow, then you 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 nothing happened to you, then you dodge all the obstacles. But if you make it to 50, if you make it to 60, you make it to 30, you make it to 21, the probability of things happening to you are more and more likely the more life you live. So that's that's where I'm getting at. Does that make sense? It makes sense. But I think for a lot of, so like for an accident, that's not something you can fix on the back end. It's like you have an accident. You had the accident. That's all there is to it. You get pregnant. You can fix that on the back end. Yeah. It is what it is. You know how some people feel like pro life, pro choice, all of these things. 
Oh, absolutely. So if you know that you don't want to have a kid, but don't believe in abortion, then maybe you should take some other precautions to not have a kid then. Just maybe, possibly. Just maybe, but you know, the more you live, the more likely something like that is is probably going to happen. And, okay. And, and, and you're probably going to encounter... So let me ask you this. How many people have you encountered in the last year alone that that did? That did had a kid? Yeah. Mm. Zero. That I can't recall. Like, men who had a kid, like, tried to talk to me? Yeah. Oh, no, no, sorry, not zero. At least, definitely one. Um... Yeah, definitely one. And how how many how many would you say total? Like just just people in general. Like one people in general that had kids. Well, that 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 approached you like that. I I I don't know. I feel like this past year has been weird because, of course, we weren't outside. Um. So, like, everyone who has approached me within the past year and who I actually entertained or can actually or entertain enough to know their story, um, I knew them all previously. So, I... And so, of the, So, wait. Oh, uh, here come the math. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> So one out of six. One out of six did? Yeah, one had and then five others did not. Interesting. What about the last two years? The last two years? I can't remember back that far. And then I was desperately trying to fix things with my ex. So I definitely wasn't entertaining anyone to really know if they had kids. Interesting. Well... One and six isn't bad, you know, but it's an interesting number. It's definitely an interesting number. But I, I think that's something we can probably revisit a little later, too, just like running down the numbers of things and, you know, probability and, you know, just this conversation maybe with like a few more guests might be, oh, might be interesting. But um, that was pretty interesting. We went from spirit standard <laughs> yeah <laughs> went down spirit spirit air to to this but but it's it's not it's not something that's too much to ask like if that's what you set your sliders for that's just what you set your sliders for but when you have your sliders set for that you got to be prepared for what comes with that too sometimes it's going to be a what? lot of a lot of misses before you hit that bullseye huh. don't every- i know it yeah, life is life is a numbers game. Like everything in life is numbers. Numbers, numbers, numbers. Probability and numbers. But uh, oh, Mother's Day. What, what what do you got going for Mother's Day? Nothing. My mother still is not here. <laughs> what, you, what? Your mom is out of the country. Yeah. Like she's stuck. No, she's not. Stuck. Oh. <laughs> so she's not. Okay. Well, now, well, I wouldn't say she's stuck. But, um, so she went, she has two pending court cases, um, because people be 
playing with my mother. <laughs> I really be ready to run up on people for her. But um again, so she she's also so she's trying to build her a home, a house back in her native country. Um it was destroyed in 2018 by Hurricane Maria. Okay. So she basically had to start over. Um of course, when COVID happened, that essentially halted all building because the contractors were stuck on another island. They couldn't leave. No one could come in, all of that. And then she has a court case with a woman who she has a building in the Capitol and um, a commercial building. And the woman like broke down the dividing wall and built on my mother's land and encroached. So she has a pending court case with that trying to get the woman and she was talking about it um to me today but she's trying to get the woman to essentially pay her for the land because where she built there's no way it makes no sense to knock it down and like put her partition back up so she just wants her to there's like a hole so she wants her to seal up the hole and um pay her for pay her for that piece of the land so she has that court case and then unfortunately she has a court case with her father's estate when he passed away he didn't have a will um but he had property and that had to be sold she had two sisters um so everything was supposed to be divided evenly amongst them but it's been my mom was the administrator is the administrator of her father's estate um and she's been trying to sell off all the properties and just divvy up the money like sell everything and then give everyone their portions and it has been an uphill battle because family can be nasty like they really can so she has those two court cases that she's doing she's trying to build on her house contractors have been able to come and leave other islands and then she had contractors on the island who were able to do certain things um but now she's in a position where i don't know what vaccine they have down there mm-hmm. but she got her first do- she got her first dose of the vaccine excuse me but she has to wait eight weeks to get her second dose not three weeks like we do here That's she has crazy. to wait eight weeks so i've gotten i got my first dose after she got her first dose and i'm already done and she's still waiting i think she now has maybe like three weeks left before she can get her second dose but she has court tomorrow for her situation with her sister she has um she has court i think next week for the encroachment case and yeah she just she's trying to get it wrapped up like they they've been just doing a whole bunch of nonsense um and she's telling them like i am not a permanent resident here as of yet i have a home in the state that i need to get back to like i have business in the state that i need to tend to like i had to mail off her taxes like I had to mail her taxes to our accountant and then he had to email her the completed forms for her to electronically sign. I just had to email, I mean, not email, I had to mail the check to pay him for her today. Like it's a lot, but um, so like yeah, it. I'll be, I'll just be calling her. Um, that's why I asked about your jeweler. I do want to get her um, a Virgin Mary pendant. Uh so she can have it when she gets back. Um, and then also 
her college sent some letter in the mail to verify her information. And so like I send her pictures of all her mail and she's like, Oh, can you call them for me? So I called mm. and it was basically like a, like an alumni book and, um, or an alumni directory. And so they called to make sure all of her information was right. And then, um, just, then you can order a copy of the book and you can get a t-shirt and a sweatshirt and a baseball hat. And, um, I just know that graduate, like that was something my mom was really proud of. Like she talked about how hard she had to work to pay to go to school when she came to this country and um, what a burden it was, but how grateful she was that she did it. So um, finding out that I could get her some college pair, some paraphernalia from her college. I was like, Oh, okay, cool. That can be part of her mother's day gift. But um, she's been, go- I have a Christmas gift for her. <laughs> I have a, I have a birthday gift for her. I'm going to have a Mother's Day gift for her. So everything is just like becoming one big lump sum of like, here are your gifts for whenever she gets back. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what we're going to do yet, but we're going to do something. But I know because my grandma died. uh, I think I think this year Mother's Day is on the day she died. Mm. What's the day? Hold on, let me get my calendar. Today's the 6th. Okay, so the day before, the day before. So I'm not really sure how it's going to be because my mom lives in Jacksonville. So I'm not exactly sure how it's going to be or what the plan is. But, you know, it's it's just been weird the past, what, this will be year three, 19, 20. Yeah, this will be year three, I think. Because mm. she died in 2018. So this will be year three. But it's going to be weird to see because her birthday is May 24th. So we're trying, we're trying to figure all that stuff out. Like, it's a lot. So I yeah. think lately I've been doing a lot. That's why I was like, I got two songs. One song is probably gonna be about her when, when we do rap. Well, just something I would listen to to make me think about her. So okay, I don't know, but we're gonna figure it out though. But uh, yeah, but I, when I go up there, I will look and see if they have those uh Virgin Mares or like if if I can get pointed in the right direction to get one and go okay. from there. Um, okay, because I think I either have to go Friday or. Saturday, pending. Okay. On, you know, whenever, whenever we're trying to do whatever we're trying to do for my mom, we're trying to figure that out. Because, like I said, it's difficult when your parents don't live in the same state or city. It's yeah, it's more difficult. So, How long has she been in Jacksonville? Uh, since twenty nineteen. Okay, so what? Oh, so then. Okay, twenty nineteen. So was she here for twenty? Had she already moved by the time Mother's Day came around, twenty nineteen? Mm, no, she moved um, in September 2019. Okay, so, and then last year with the whole pandemic, did she? Yeah, it was weird. Nobody. I mean, yeah, I'm not even sure how we even. I don't even remember <laughs> to be honest with you. Okay, so yeah, so this might be like the first time that you really even have the opportunity to do something and to do it safely since she's moved. Actually, I want to say she might have came up. I think I have pictures from last. We went to go visit my grandma's grave site on okay. Mother's Day. I think that's what we did. But, you know, I wasn't ready to kind of deal with that. I got up the first time. So this year made two years. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm not really sure okay. like how to how to deal with it. But I don't know. We're going to figure it out. I understand. That's wild because, honestly, so today is the anniversary of my grandmother's death. And when Sorry, she died, she died on Mother's Day. 
Like, I remember we went to church. My mom didn't go to church. I think it was because, I think she just didn't go because, well, my mom, no, my mom was still working nights. So she probably had worked the night before. So we went to church, came back. Well, they had like a little pancake brunch or something afterwards. And I remember I came back and as soon as I walked into my parents' room, like my mom was on the bed crying and it was like, she said nothing to me, but I automatically knew I was like, grandma died. Like I automatically knew what it was. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And so to hear that you're like, to hear that your grandma, that you went through the same thing, that's wild. It is, man. It is. But it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. But uh, I think we are going to wrap for now. Okay. And, uh, that way you can enjoy your night and I can do what I got to do for the night and for the weekend. And uh, we'll get back to it. So before you go, what is your song of the week? Okay. So I um recently watched a documentary about one of the first loves of my night life Nas oh, <laughs> on Netflix and so I just had to it was about Illmatic so I literally had to go back to that album and the world is yours like I just I just love it like I've always loved that song and I just I love it Nas has some good songs, man. I, I haven't watched that documentary yet, but I'm definitely going to. Cause that's that's one of my favorite rappers. Believe it. Or I can not. see that. How how can you see that? I I think that you tend to like very lyrical and conscious rappers. Like oh, yeah. you don't <laughs> you don't want someone who's making a club banger. You you want someone who's really like into wordplay and into really good bars about stuff that, like, <laughs> mean stuff yeah yeah I, I definitely like lyrics this morning don't get me wrong now, i do like pastor troy i do like you know a lot of like the atlanta rappers and stuff like that but a lot of the new ones no i don't but i, I, li- I like a little bit of everything you know but i definitely like lyrics more like even if you rapping about something crazy i like how you put it together it has to make sense yeah like, like even when Juicy J rap, like he's not the most lyrical rapper, but like it makes sense. It, it, it's good enough. For yeah. Me. But that's a good one. I'll make sure you said. Uh, you said the word is yours. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with. I think I got two songs. Uh, I got "Moment of Truth" by uh, Gangstar. I don't want to tell you that the last time oh. we talked because I wanted to play that because I, I had heard that <laughs> and it really just made more sense. Now that I'm older, and you know that song, yes, <laughs> I love that song, Moment of Truth. Remember, I told you I was playing Gangstar, but I didn't name that song on purpose because I wanted to save it for the show. Okay, um, why, why are you laughing? That's your, that's your jam, like, no, that was a good surprise, like, it really was. Oh, yeah, that's 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 a song. But the second song is probably one of the songs that made me think about my grandma. It's, it's by Big Crit, it's called I Miss You Like Yesterday. That's a good one. I think you might like um, that one too. Yes, it's one of those songs that kind of get you get your tear jerking, and and, and and I like it because of how it's it's very mellow. It's real, you know, good, but it kind of reminds me of how like my grandma would start our mornings off. Oh, that's so sweet. I'm gonna put that out there, and then let the let the people listen to it. And uh, before we go, one more one more. We got good news. I almost forgot about that. I don't know if I told you, but this this this. This man grooming people want 
to want me to do an ad with a podcast to do an ad about their uh manscaping tools and they want to issue out commissions per sale we get and i want to see if i can work a deal where if i advertise them like a like for a 30 second time slot on the show that they'll mm-hmm. uh pay me based on that versus the commission if not both so that's the good news that i did want to want to share so i'm gonna try to figure out how i'm gonna do that but uh i'll tell you what it is because i don't want anybody to steal my idea later but that's the good Yay. news that yeah. is great news. And I don't know how many ads I want to put in the show, but I think I worked the ad in kind of like in conversation. I wouldn't want to hey, this podcast is brought to you by pepper spray. You know, I'm not going <laughs> to do it like that. I want to kind of like have it be like a natural conversation. Yeah, but that's good. It's going to be good. But I think that's it, though. So as usual, guys, if you if you love somebody, make sure you, make sure you let them know. Make sure you appreciate people while you're here because you just never know. When it's your time to go or when it's their time to go, you cannot get back the words that you never said. You cannot. That's important. So be kind to people. Treat them nice. Appreciate people while you got them. And uh, just just make the most of every moment. Because one day you yeah. won't have any moments. So, but yeah, guys, good afternoon, good evening, and good night everywhere oh yeah one more thing i think that last podcast was probably uh-huh. the most i think in a in a matter of days it was already number one i think it got like a couple thousand plays yay like that was probably like the biggest month ever so i'm trying to keep Good. that trend going yes you do yeah because one day one day this will be what i do forever but we shall see but next next week we're doing listener mail that we didn't get to today, but we're gonna get to the listener mail for sure. Ooh, yay! Yeah, cause the last two <laughs> the last two got a lot of got a lot of listener mail and different things, so I want to <laughs> uh, kind of go over those maybe at the beginning of the show. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna do that. But you be safe, y'all be safe, and uh, peace and good night. Night. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to y'all out there. You know, enjoy it. Bye. What's that? Do you have a dog? I felt like I heard barking. No, that was the neighbor. <laughs> That's why I was like, what is that? That was the neighbor. <laughs> but yeah, enjoy your night, man. You too. All right, bye. All right, guys, we are now at the sleeper. Well, not sleeper, but song of the week section. And I'm going to play some tunes for you guys. And you're tuned into, uh, I I forgot what I wanted to call this radio station. But you guys are now tuned into W, I don't have a name for this yet, radio station. And we're playing what you're saying, and sometimes we're not. But the first song we have up is The World Is Yours. By Nas. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but that's one of my favorites. The rappers, well, you know, one of my favorite rapper songs. I hope you guys enjoy it. It's a really good song. It's my
Hopefully I don't get taken down. I don't want to write any of this music. So please don't take me down. No Nas, please tell them to holler at me because I would love to have them on the show. Just a big Don't this just make you feel like you're back in the 90s? Like, I don't know when a lot of y'all was born, but I was born at the end of the, end of the 80s. So, a lot of this kind of gives me some nostalgia. It's a good song you're tuned in to WI don't have a name for this yet radio and we're playing what you're saying sometimes not this is Nas the world is yours off Theomatic check out that uh, documentary on I think it's on Netflix check that out I haven't checked it out but I'm definitely gonna check it out by the time you guys do and again I have to talk over these songs because most likely they'll take me down if I don't so bear with me guys to my man ill will god bless your life to my life God bless your life. I trust you like crazy bitches aiming guns and all my baby pictures. Before the housing police release scriptures that's made right, that's enough for you know, nice the mouth. The nice. I'm going to play the second song I had was a uh, mass not mass appeal, but gangstar. Uh, <laughs> moment of truth. Let me pull that up real quick for you guys. Where did it go? Where did it go? No matter where we fears, we must fear the moment of truth, baby. Moment of truth, guys. Think about that for a minute. What is your moment of truth? They say it's lonely at the top. And what does that you mean do? to you? You always gotta watch motherfuckers around you. Nobody's invincible. No plan is foolproof. We all and if you're a millennial, a newer, a younger millennial, you go back and do some research on Gangstar. Go back and do some research up. on Nas and kind of see how rap or hip hop got to where it's at today. You. Lessons of blessings you should learn through. Let's face facts. Although MCs lay tracks, it doesn't mean behind the scenes there ain't no dirt to trace back. That goes for all of us. I don't have a name for this yet, radio. Playing what you're saying. And sometimes not. Sometimes I won't. up to this point, so I'ma get more guys to help me run the whole joint, cultivate, multiply, motivate. Moment of truth. My game starts. I think it's the mass appeal album. Always selfish, jealous punks will wanna pull you down. Don't quote me. Fish in the bucket cause they love it To see your ass squirm like a worm But just I as you receive what is coming to you Everybody else is gonna get this too I No, it's moment saying. of truth Therefore I cannot dispute That everyone must meet their moment of truth Actions have reactions Don't be quick to judge You may not know the hardships People don't speak of It's best to step back And observe with coot For we all must meet our moment of truth Sometimes you gotta dig deep When problems come near, don't fear Things get severe for everybody, everywhere Why do bad things happen to good people? Seems that life is just a constant war between good and evil The situation that I'm facing is mad amazing to Y'all got any songs y'all would like to hear on now I'm contemplating in my The song of the week section or my head. I don't my have a name for this yet, radio Send them in, we want to hear from you guys Don't even feel like drinking or even getting high Cause all that's gonna Anyway, we're gonna get enough of the, the gang star I'm gonna pull I up uh, the next song for you guys. Before, so I ought to be able to withstand some this more. is a song but that's I'm near and dear to me. Hopefully it could be I'm near and dear to you guys one day too.
This is yesterday by Big Crit off uh, Forever in a Day mixtape. It came out a little while ago. You can find this on livemixtapes.com. I'm pretty sure you can find it on that Piff. But this song made me think about my grandma. Even before she died, it made me think about my grandma. Just because, like I said in the show, it would, it sounded like some things she would tell me. It's just kind of how we started off our days when I was really, really young. Early morning, whipping up breakfast so unexpected, I'm barely on it. I had my school clothes, food up on the stove, biscuits was hella fluffy. Grandma, I need two of those, you whisper away from my brother. Papa, do what you say. But what Grandma could hit my tongue, tell me to pray, scrape my plate, wash a dish. I hope y'all scrape y'all plate out there, too. Don't just sit your plate of food in the, in the sink with all of the food stuck on it. Have some coof, guys. Like my time flies, wishing you were here by my side. I miss you like yesterday. I miss you like yesterday. I miss you like yesterday. Again, this is yesterday by Big Crit. Forever in a day, mixtape. I miss you like yesterday. And this is I don't have a name for this yet. Radio. Yeah, I know it's not what you're saying. They tell me just to pray, but I miss you like yesterday. Like an autumn breeze, knocking out a out the trees, baking your fruit cakes for Christmas Eve. The smell of sweet potato pie make it hard to leave. Sitting reminisce, I to grab a bag, everybody got a gift. Just be thankful for the thought, don't be giving lip. We laugh and cry. You knew you couldn't say the world, but you had to try. I've been doing the same, just so you know your lectures ain't going to vain. Accepted that you're gone, but I deal with the pain. Whether the brain, part always got just know I won't be the same, cause I miss you like yesterday. over for this song so good morning good afternoon good evening good night wherever you are in the world listening hopefully all this applies to you guys if you're listening at work if you're listening at home if you're listening on your ride home hope you guys enjoy y'all day be safe have a mother's day weekend because i'm not sure when you guys are here either you're here saturday or you're here sunday or it'll be monday where you're at or it'll still be friday who knows but just uh Just take it easy out there. Be safe. Be careful. Peace. And I'm out.